Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we are back and we have been joined by Sid Hartman. And Sid, I think a lot of our audience is waiting to hear what your thoughts were on that football game yesterday. (laughs) Well, I've been covering for football for 75 years, and I've never never seen a post-game reaction to a a win. And uh, they had to need every break after the game. Good thing that kid intercepted a pass. He's a sophomore who's played every game. And uh, they just had quarterback, Taylor. Taylor Morgan, yep. Whoever heard of 18 for 20 completions for over 300 yards? And uh, a big, big, big victory. Now they go to uh, Iowa. That That might be tough for them. Don't get too excited. He's been here 75 years. Uh, He knows rather than get uh, too excited. Sid, uh, you've seen all the big games going back to the Beerman years. Where does this game rank in terms of significance in the history of the program? I think it was the biggest one because nobody expected him to win. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think they had a chance to win. But the score, you were the biggest homer in the history of Gopher football? Didn't think they could win? Yeah. Well, I'll say one thing about uh, uh, Mr. Mason. He thought they could win, and uh, he was unbelievable. After the, the game, on a post-game show, he was just, he just uh, so enthralled with the Gophers. I'm surprised because you, you think he has some not happy moments because he got fired, but uh, he's been a big vocal for Vosser. Said we we talked to uh, Mark Coyle uh, about this earlier, and it is it's amazing. I mean, Glenn Mason was fired by the University of Minnesota. He is the most unapologetic booster of the Gopher football program on the Big Ten Network. And you're right; this whole year long, he's been saying the Gopher football <laughs> team is a whole lot better than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, you're 100% right. He was so so excited about the victory. And I the first question I asked him last week when we had him on the show, can the Gophers win? Sure, they can win. Absolutely, I believe, was his answer. Uh, I, th- I thought it was a coincidence. Iowa, Iowa played uh, Wisconsin pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if... Uh, 
You think the Gophers are winning that game? Absolutely. I think the Gophers can win that game. Iowa's a tough place to play. Iowa's got a very good defense. Their their offense is not where it's been in some of the last few years. Well, they scored 20 points yesterday. Yeah. No, I thought the same, Mike. But for people who said that Minnesota has no chance, I absolutely wasn't going there. I thought they absolutely had a chance. But I thought they'd almost have to play a perfect game, and I didn't think they could put up as many yards against Penn. I'd, I'd watch Penn State's defense. They've had games this year where they're not against a gopher, so you could go to a gopher game, watch a gopher game, and watch Penn State. So I'd seen them maybe four times. I didn't think that Minnesota could put up nearly. Rushing, I thought they would be tough. I had no idea the gophers could pass on them the way they did. Sid? Thing, a defensive line for, for Penn State supposed to be the best one in the country, and they only had one sack. Uh, wow. Taylor was only sacked one at one time. Well, that's because the Gophers had an incredible game plan to protect the quarterbacks. Uh, we're going to talk to P.J. Fleck about that. I don't think it got enough coverage in your paper. What they did to protect the quarterback, I thought it was brilliant. But, I, you know, I think the Gophers' game planning is one of the strengths of this team. They they don't have a game plan. They have multiple game plans depending on, on who the opposition is. Now, I have a text message, and it says, if the Gophers go to Pasadena, even though Sid says he doesn't travel anymore, would Sid go to the Rose Bowl? We'll see. If they go to Pasadena, it'd be a hard thing to turn it down. Well, all right. That's that's interesting to know. That is absolutely right. Uh, uh, go ahead, Sid. Here's the thing. The future for the Gophers next year is not that good because they lose all those senior defensive players and they won't be able to replace them. But that's college football now. I mean, if you get a good program, pros. right? Yeah, you're supposed to lose your upper class. And they better them. be good. Yeah. Yeah. They've got they've got some awfully good guys. Part of the challenge there that we talked about before you came in, one guy I'm afraid they will lose is only a sophomore, and that's Winfield. He's he spent four years in college. I think he can make a good case, depending on on you know how he would do at a combine and what what the uh, scouts would tell him. You know, I think there's a good chance that, that he would turn pro. Winfield won't come back. That's what I was saying. So he's you talk about all the seniors. He's a, technically he's just a sophomore, but I agree with you. I think it'd be a long shot that he came back. Coughlin. He's a senior. Carter Coughlin's a senior. Yep. So that's a group of seniors has been the real makings of the team, well, in well, my opinion. And go back before, I mean, you know, things have to go right to have a special season. Shannon Brooks and Rodney Smith, you'd love to have had last year, right? Yep. You didn't. But guess what? There's a prize for that, just like Marcus Carr coming back in basketball. You got those guys for another year, and, and boy, how much that helps. And Muhammad doesn't lose any more. Uh, tread off the tire as well, and he should be ready to be a feature back next year. But, but those are all the things that, that you have to have happen to have a special year. And don't forget, they've been recruiting good guys along, and Where they. Hmm? I was coaching a twelve-year-old game. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, or fortunately, the Gophers used to have to play the young players because they didn't have senior classes. Now, all of a sudden, as Sid points out, there's eight eight guys who play semi-regularly, uh, eight counting Winfield, who are seniors or are likely not to be back next year. But you look at behind the, who's behind those guys, I don't think the drop-off has been in those years in the past where you had a peak year followed by a real valley because you didn't have uh, you know, a nice solid line of recruits coming in year after year. Sid, do you think they're going to be likely to be able to get the best kids from Minnesota to come here after what they showed yesterday? What's that now? 
recruiting. Do you think it will help the recruiting of Minnesota kids to come here after what happened there yesterday? Yeah, Minnesota kids are playing a big part of that defense. No doubt about it. You got Winfield, you got Coughlin, you got you got all the Come on, Martin, who was hurt, but he's a Bruins. Yeah, Martin, uh, they they got a kid named Sam Renner, who no one ever heard of, who's playing just great on on defense. But but I'm thinking there's a lot of Minnesota kids who historically would be listening to Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, who are saying, I'm not sure if I've got a chance to play for the University of Minnesota that I want to leave the state. Who wouldn't want to have been a player and be part of what happened yesterday? Yeah. Hundred percent right. We need to take a break. Come back. Talk. And I tell you what. I'll give the phone numbers again. Our first, our next guest is PJ Fleck. Then the show will be pretty filled from that point on. But if you've got something, you, there were two people we didn't get to in the last segment. If you want to call us for the next segment, we'll intersperse some conversation with your phone calls. The number is six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Then we'll clear the decks about ten twenty seven thirty to make sure we give PJ Fleck the full time because we're going to have one of a long conversation with the coach this morning. All that follows. Good reason to stick around. Sports. Said Dave and Mike. All right, we're back. I'm a little bit surprised that uh, we don't have any callers. The uh, number to call is 651 989 A couple of text messages I want to get to. One is tip of the hat to Joe Maturi, Glenn Mason, and others who were advocates for a football stadium on campus. Yesterday's memorable game uh, was on campus. And then big letters, outdoors. We were tailgating for two hours before the game, sat through the entire game in the stands. Uh, maybe we lived in Minnesota all our lives and we've come to believe it. Mike, you were outside yesterday. It was a nice day in Minnesota. We weren't even cold. You know, and, and the rain came, but it came after the yeah. post-game celebration. I mean, it just... There's a little bit of rain in the last 10 minutes of the game, but very, very light. Uh, uh, but I was just saying to you, the uh, you know, there's two magical stories in Minnesota this year, the Twins yep. and the Gophers. And uh, both of them have played not just memorable games, but memorable games on beautiful nights, you know? Uh, wonderful things have happened, and, and you were there, and it was just, I mean, the way they annihilated uh, Illinois, and uh, uh, Nebraska was a little bit chilly, but not bad. That was a college football night. Uh, it's just worked out really, really well. You know, Sid said he'd never seen the people rush the field before, and I had to laugh a lot. The only time I saw it before was when Iowa won a, a big game in the Metrodome. The Iowa people rushed the field. They turned on these blaring horns, and the uh, Iowa people managed to take down one of the goalposts, uh, not understanding it's very difficult, if not impossible, to take a goalpost out through a revolving door. So it wound up being left in the corridor. That, that was a weird, weird Football game it was the only the only time you know we were working. I was broadcasting the game with Ray, and we were watching that trying to do a post game show. Quite a post game with that noise. That Remember that noise? I don't yeah. know where they found that. I don't either. It was I like never want to hear it again. No, it was like a tornado warning uh, going on yeah. to try to make it as uncomfortable as possible for the people on the field. All right, phone lines have, have lighted up. Are we ready to go there? All right, let's go to uh, Stephen Cold Spring. Steve, uh, good morning. What's on your mind? Yeah, this is a question kind of for both you, Dave and uh, Mike. My guess is you guys get out to practice once in a while for the Gophers, and the thing I'm most impressed with with um, B.J. Fleck is how much these players and this team improves from just the start of the season to where they're at now. And I'm just kind of wondering, what do those practices look like? My guess is they're just up-tempo and guys are moving and nobody's standing around that just practice has got to be incredible. Go ahead, Mike. I'll be honest with you, practices are pretty much closed to the media, anything that's uh, significant. Uh, Sometimes you can shoot a little bit of the stretching and whatnot, so I have not hardly seen them practice all year. I haven't seen them practice all year. So, I was talking to Bobby Bell on Friday, and and Bobby was was invited to be at practice. Yeah, he gets to be at practice, (laughs) And I said, what did you think of the practice? Because I was covering Bobby when he was at the University of Minnesota. I know where those practices were working. He said, man, I don't know. He said, the pace of those practices and how well choreographed they are. But the, the second part of the 
caller's point, I think is really a good one, and that is the adjustments that the team makes from week to week or even during games. I think that they build in a, an element of flexibility that's made them a lot more difficult to, to reckon with. They will go. They want to establish the run, but they're not that slow anymore to go to the pass. No. And, and when you pass the ball the way this team passes the ball, it's it's really a fun thing to watch. Yeah, I wouldn't want to defend run-pass option, and you got three running backs that carry the ball, and, and you've got these talented receivers that you can use any time. And that's that's t- and Sharaka does a great job. His game plan yesterday, I thought, was just outstanding. I think Sharaka is an absolute incredible element of that program. Sid, the big three was one sack is all they had. That's the most important part. How they held, handled that uh, uh, Penn State defensive line. Was unbelievable. Well, in about eight minutes, we're going to talk to PJ Fleck about it because there is a very good reason they had only one sack. And Mike and I have talked it earlier, but I'm going to try to get two more calls in here at least. Uh, let's go to uh, Carol in Plymouth. Carol, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Absolutely. First of all, Mike, congratulations for uh, coaching the 12 year olds. I think that's a great that's thing. That's right, man. I got my priorities straight. You got that right. <laughs> and I'll do it again the next time they have a big game like this. Love it. Love it. I was in Los. <laughs> LAX. I walked into LAX because I was visiting my daughter, who's a nurse in Pasadena, California, and I had just gotten into LAX the, when the interception happened in the end zone. Oh. I burst into tears. I literally sat down on the floor in LAX crying with happiness. And I can't tell you, I had on my you know gopher gear, I can't tell you how many people in LAX just shouted out congratulations for the gophers. So I think the gophers are having a, 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 a national spotlight. Carol, I like everything about your story except sitting on the floor at LAX. I've been through LAX enough <laughs> times to know I would never sit on that floor at LAX. But that's a great story. I appreciate the the phone call. Uh, maybe we can get one or two more. The phone lines have lighted up now, which we hope for. Let's go to uh, Don in Rosemont. Don, thanks for holding. What's on your mind? Hi there, Dave. Uh, Don from Rosemont was one of Murray's boys in the 60s and Ooh, I think I know who this is. <laughs> I had a lot yesterday. Uh, you know, you, Don, and a lot of others, uh, guys who played there. Were, had a chance to see a lot of the 60 players. I uh, saw Ezell Jones, uh, uh, a lot of the 67 guys were there. And then nicely, they had on the field a really large number of the guys from 20 years ago who were part of that great victory uh, at College Station over, over Penn State. I think the Gophers really did a nice job during the game. You had... Uh, uh, a lot of former golfers saying, you know, make some noise. Uh, I-, I thought the choreography of that was great. Don, appreciate it. You know what you're talking about. You played on the team. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, we got a text message here, Mike. I'll let you handle it. Uh, it said, do you think the backup quarterbacks can take over when Tanner is gone? Well, that, that's a nice situation. That's a ways away, man. That's, he's just a uh, sophomore. He's just a sophomore. And uh, like I say, so uh, I think they do have depth there with Kramer and uh, – well, they like this Clark kid out of Texas, too. Clark kid they like a lot, and I don't know what they've got coming next year, but, you know, when you talk about rebuilding programs or, or you talk about losing a good senior class, if you've got an underclass quarterback, that makes a huge yeah. difference, man, one that understands the system because those guys can cover up for a lot of errors that you have as you transition. And they play a lot of kids on defense, so the fact they've got a lot of seniors, people backing up those seniors have had a lot of plays already this year. Let's go to Ralph in Owatonna. Ralph, you'll uh, maybe be our last caller in this segment. Go ahead. Yeah, good morning. I saw my first gopher game at Memorial Stadium and against Duffy Doherty in 1958. Whoa, and yeah. I'm going to give you two takeaways. First of all, I didn't have that sinking feeling in the fourth quarter that everything was going to go wrong. There's a difference in this team. The second thing, when the, everybody stormed the field, 
all those young fans, I went, they have no idea. But then as I was leaving and the place was leaving and they were chanting, we want the pig, we want the pig, I said, they get it. And row the boat, Skyuma, here we go. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Ralph, very much. We've got a number of text messages similar to that. Uh, here's uh, one that just came in while we were talking to Ralph. Do you think the gopher wind breaks the Minnesota jinx? What, what, what Ralph said was interesting. He didn't have the sinking feeling during the game. To have the sinking feeling is being Minnesotan. I mean, we are born with a sinking I, I feeling. Don't, I, I think he's fibbing. I think, <laughs> I think he's saying that after the fact. I don't think it's possible. You don't believe in the, the ultimate cleanse. No, no I, I just I, – too many things to, and weird things, not just things that I mean, things that make no sense have happened. It, it, it's so deeply ingrained; it's been beaten into us for our entire lives. I don't, I don't know if the jinx is gone, but I, I hope so. And to be there yesterday and to f- feel what it was like in there, especially at the end, it was a special situation. And the, let's say something about the student section: unbelievable, top to bottom, side to side, stayed till the end of the game. Uh, with five minutes going, again, the they all came in the lower deck because they were planning to jump onto the field. What a great job the student section yes. did, and the interception. It occurred right in front of the students. So much for the theories on, oh, 11 a.m., people, it's too cold, it's this and that. It always gets back to the same thing. Every, Especially in this day and age, social media, you're so connected, you can't miss a big event or the hype for it. It gets even, it gets exacerbated even more. So you give them the product. T- tailgating, yeah, tailgating at 9 and 10 was phenomenal. We were in a huge long line. I said, we're going to miss a kickoff. They did such a great job of getting people through security and into their seats. There was almost no line at kickoff. Sid? I think one of the biggest factors in winning the game is the crowd noise. It was unbelievable. That Penn State couldn't get their plays off. They, they, I think that was... An, Number one factor in their winning the game besides the players playing great. Well, they got one of their touchdown plays off two seconds after the time clock ran out. We may talk to Coach about that, but he's he's not going to linger on that. We're going to take a break here to give us the full opportunity to talk to P.J. Fleck in its entirety. We'll be back with him right after the sports huddle, Sid David Mike. Gave a game ball out in the locker room to the state of Minnesota. Short throw, little bubble. Chris Ottman Bell inside the 10, the 5, touchdown Minnesota. For one Minnesota. Ricky Slade in it running back. They Blitzer ran him over, but the ball got off, and it's intercepted again by Antoine Winfield. I'm just so proud to be a gopher. Trying to thread it in, and he does. Tyler Johnson, touchdown Minnesota. But our fans were unbelievable today. That's the best college football environment I've ever played in as a head football coach. Clifford again has time. Throws. And it is intercepted in the end zone by Jordan Howden. Row the boat, Sky Mago Gophers. Thanks. All right. The author of those last words is standing by to talk to us right now. Sid, say good morning to P.J. Fleck. P.J., congratulations. I've been covering football for 75 years. And I've never seen anything like that. First the game, and then the postseason deal. Tell me about this kid who intercepted that pass that really won the game. What's his background? Was he a highly recruited kid? Yeah, Jordan Howden. He's from Las Vegas, Nevada. He's from the same high school as Cam Wiley. 
uh, Coach David Hill out there, who we who helps us, you know, just in terms of relationships out there. Um, with uh, he coaches at the high school and does a really good job. And, um, you know, he's, he, he this young man is a special player. I mean, he's he had a, he's the one that had to fill in for Antoine Winfield Jr. last year when Antoine Winfield Jr. got hurt, and Jordan Howden was a true freshman. Uh, he was highly recruited and then had some academic things he had to be able to finish up. So he lost a lot of those West Coast Pac-12 offers. Uh, and then we swooped in, swooped in in the last minute and were able to get him here. And it was one of those things. We knew he'd be a great player. We were very fortunate enough to get him. He's a wonderful person, uh, a tremendous worker. Last year had to play way too early. And, you know, that was part of some of the reasons why we didn't have so much success last year. We played so many of those young guys. And, and Jordan was back there in the secondary at a major position, an Antoine Winfield position, uh, and really didn't know his feet from his head. It was very difficult for him. But those are the failing moments that you have that you can create a moment like that that wins the game for you against the fourth-ranked team in the country. And Jordan's come a long way. He's a special individual, a really, really tremendous young man, and, uh, again, from the Las Vegas area. And we're really excited to have him, and he's got a very bright future. How about his seniors on defense? How well they played yesterday. Well, that whole senior class, I think I've made it very public how proud of them I am, just in terms of them being here. And, you know, when we first got here, they didn't leave. And then after the first year, they didn't leave. And then they stayed. And they, they just became the culture. And those 11, 12 people that stayed, you got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, but the Carter Coughlins of the world played tremendous yesterday. Continue to put pressure on the quarterback, getting the ball out of his hand. Uh, didn't have a ton of sacks, but we were able to get the ball out of his hand when we needed it to. They're a very good offense. They're a very good football team. Um, but we had a lot of people really step in. Thomas Barber played really well. Obviously, Antoine Winfield did a great job. Uh, but again, you know, we didn't have Kamal Martin again. So when you look at that, even some young guys played really well with Braylon Oliver and Mariano Sorry, Sorry Marin. You talk about guys who are really stepping in and playing big when your best player on defense is out. How about your quarterback? How could you play any better? 18 for 20, over 300 yards. And those wide receivers are unbelievable. Well, it's just a culmination of a lot of work. You know, Tanner works his tail end off. Uh, he's a great leader. His tangibles are really high. He's a special human being, but also a special player. And then he does a great job at distributing. The best thing a quarterback does is he's a distributor. You know, he's like the point guard in basketball. Uh, just distribute it to your playmakers, make really good decisions, uh, put the ball where it needs to be, make really good passes, and your playmakers can take it from there. And we really needed our players this game to be the reason. They were going to be the reason. Whether we won or lost, the players were going to be the reason. The leaders had to play their best, and the playmakers had to make plays. and They were able to do that. How much, PJ, when, when the game started and you hit with the big one right away, were you guys thinking a lot about we're going to throw the ball a lot or is it always a game of if we can run it, we keep running it? Because it looked like you guys had really thought through for the last couple of weeks how you wanted to attack that defense. Well, the one thing is when you have a bye week, you know, you go out recruiting. And I was out recruiting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But there's one guy on the staff who wasn't recruiting. That was Kirk Sharaka uh, and Joe Rossi didn't either. They stood in that. They stayed all weekend and, and continued to be able to dissect um, – you know, Penn State and continue to come up with new ideas. And there's nobody better at watching film than Kirk Sharaka and what he can come up with if you give him enough time. You know, the one big one to Rashad is really a check. And uh, that, that was that was really kind of thought of into the second week. That wasn't even just the first week, first week of game planning. And 
So we knew we would have to be able to run the football. We had to. There was no way we couldn't. But we knew how talented they were. But we needed the run to still set up the pass. But it turned out that sometimes the pass was able to soften a little bit of the box in the, in the run game and gave us a better shelf. So, um, and you got to give them a lot of credit. They're a really good football team. That was a huge win for us yesterday because it was the next one. And that's what I love about this football team. They, they take one game at a time. doesn't matter who they play. Uh, they find a way to get better every week, and they compete against themselves. PJ, a uh, couple of things. First of all, I think it's appropriate to give credit, uh, obviously, to the players. They won the football game. Uh, you had some things to say after the game. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a better student section stick around. And, and you said something about your coaching staff, and I'm, I'm glad you did because they did some things yesterday that were pretty interesting to watch. The pass protection that you put in, bringing in another offensive lineman, and a couple of times just looking at that wall in front of Tanner Morgan and knowing how good Penn State is on defense, number two in the country in several categories, I just thought your, your creation of a pocket and the maintenance of the pocket for your quarterback, including, in one case, a great block by your running back. I mean, I thought those were some of the key turning points in the game. Well, we needed to mix up some of our protections. You know, we couldn't just stand back there and do some of the things we knew. It's to sit back there in five or six-man protections and just sit there and say, we're going to be okay. Uh, the teams that did that, I mean, uh, they either got their quarterback hurt or they had nine sacks that game, and it would, didn't turn out well for them. So I thought our offensive staff, Brian Callahan, our offensive line coach, our running back coach, Kenny Burns, Clay Patterson, our tight end coach, and obviously Coach Rocket did a great job of being able to manipulate situations where we could keep Tanner upright, get the ball off when we needed to, max protect when we needed things down the field, play action pass when we needed to be able to get the ball out of the hand that could keep the run honest. But also then, you know, being able to chip with the backs and the backs not only just chipping on the outside ends, but coming in inside and blocking single-handedly in the B-gap, which is very difficult to do. But there were a lot of things we hadn't shown, and, and it was just great game plan by them. And, um, you know, we found a way to be able to find, uh, find a way to find – we were able to find a way to win. How about going into the game? Did you know you could throw the ball that well against uh, Penn State? Well, again, you know, the, the way this team thinks, it's not necessarily just against who we play. It's we need to be able to throw the ball efficiently every single week. We need to run the ball efficiently every single week. And whichever one we have to lean on heavily during that, during the game, during the four quarters of how the game unfolds, that's how we're going to be able to lean on. And that's what we're going to have to lean on to have success. The great thing about it is we can do both. And that's, that's where we uh, were better this year than we were last year. We can truly do both. And when you can do both, you can do a lot of special things. So what is it? I mean, when you take a quarterback like Tanner Morgan and you do the same thing in Western Michigan where you don't make mistakes, where you limit the turnovers and the interceptions, what is that process like as a coach to get a, you know, all these quarterbacks come out and they're all pretty good from high school, but what's the teaching progression like to get inside a guy's head so he thinks that way? Well, I think it's just consistency. And, and you know, Kirk's a great teacher, and I hope I demand our staff to always be great teachers. It's how you break it down. You know, it's not about what we know. It's about what the quarterback knows. So some people just take pride in saying a play really fast, and talking really fast, going through the game plan really fast, or going through development really fast. We don't. We take it step by step by step. That's why we said this is going to be a process. And, and you know, it was going to take time because of the teaching, the natural teaching progressions. There's things we're doing this year we couldn't do last year with him. Um, and he's got to continue to get better and we've got to continue to push the envelope. One thing we do is we get our players to be able to have success, and then we make them fail again. We give them something else they're not good enough in. 
and then we just continue to help them get to that process, and then it just starts over again. PJ, just when you think you know everybody's name and number, you come out to uh, kick a field goal and extra points, and I had to go to my program. I said, who's this? And a kid that I think 99% on the stands had never heard of plays a significant role for you in the game yesterday. Uh, Brock Walker did a great job stepping in for Michael Lance. Michael Lance had a little bit of a, a leg a, a leg tightness that kind of happened a little bit later in the week, and and we felt like it was best or our best interest to be able to go with Brock. And Brock's earned it. He earned the opportunity to be number two, and we knew that at some point, somehow, some way, you're going to have to use him. I thought he stepped in there, ice in his veins, hit a great field goal, did a great job at his extra points, um, and that was his moment. And again, now, again, he's put himself in a position uh, to have an opportunity to continue to do that. Talk about Green. You got two two scores against uh, Maryland, and yesterday he got the, actually the key when he scored from the one yard line. That was a key touchdown. Well, I think you know the one. You know, we made all six of our offensive linemen captains yesterday. I thought that was really important for us. And you know, as a head coach, you want to make sure that you let them know what kind of game it's going to be. And we've never made all six offensive linemen captains. And you know, when Seth Green gets to run behind those guys with an extra blocker, um, Seth Green has a lot of success because one, he's a really good athlete. He's got great vision. And he can hit the hole. Uh, and he's tough to bring down. Uh, we got an extra blocker involved, but also I thought the offensive line played outstanding yesterday. And Brian Callahan deserves a lot of the credit for that. They also didn't have very many penalties. And again, getting back to a little bit, what we're talking about the quarterback. There, how, how do you teach uh, in a game again where if, if you don't make mistakes, you can win? How do you teach players not to commit what, what can be just a, you know negating circumstances sometimes? And you guys commit very few penalties. Mike, it's a long process. I mean, that started the day we got here, uh, educating our players how you win games, not lose games. Most games are lost, and most games that are won are lost less than the opponent. Uh, and that's the honest-to-God truth. we got to find a way to win games. For us to get to the level that we want to be at, we got to be the smarter team. we got to be better in situational football. we got to understand field position and what the different aspects of the fields mean. And then we got to understand that that's 78%. That's how you win games. When we've been 78%, we're almost undefeated uh, in terms of the, since we've been here. When we lose that 78% battle, we're almost defeated 100% of the time. So uh, we've had one game where we flirted with the 22%, still found a way to win. But other than that, it, you find ways to be able to build your culture and your program around foundational pieces, and the ball is one of them. Being disciplined and lack of penalties is another. We spend a lot of time on technique and fundamentals. I mean a ton. So we hopefully don't have a lot of holding calls. Uh, we make our system and our cadence uh, very player-friendly, so we don't have a lot of false starts, uh, but have a very simplistic way of mixing it up so not many people can get onto it. Um, and then you just got to find the right people who are truly committed, who are focused. And again, we have we have 85 players who have above a 3.0. Uh, when you start thinking about that, these are, this is a smart football team. And when you have a smart football team, you can accomplish extraordinary things. And so when you tie all that together, and it's an everyday teaching process, like today, we'll have five or six clips in our team meeting from people outside the country that lost games because of something, because of a bonehead penalty, because of a personal foul, because of an offside, because of something. Um, and you know, that we want to continue to educate every day based on other people's mistakes or our mistakes, always giving them the reason why. You can learn two different ways. You can learn the easy way and the hard way. The easy way is from somebody else doing it. The hard way is from you to do it. And so we constantly provide them with that and make that part of our 
foundational cultural, uh, uh, you know, basically how everybody calls it, um, you know, all of our, our whatever, not gimmicks, but those are all of our slogans. It's based on situations and how do you find a way to win games. PJ, two clock-related things. First of all, credit to Tanner Morgan, who, when clock management was important, almost never took a snap with more than one or two seconds on the play clock. And the second, nobody watches the clock more than you do. I watch you watching the clock. And it looked everybody in the stands like uh, Penn State got away with, with a play one or perhaps even two seconds after the play clock had expired. Did you ever get an explanation on that? I did get an explanation, and um, I, I don't understand it, but I got an explanation. Um, when the clock goes to zero, the back judge, if it hits zero, he looks up, or he looks down. So he's looking at the play clock, the back judge sees it, he hits zero, then he looks down to see if the ball is snapped. Okay. If the ball gets snapped, the minute he looks down, he lets it go. If it looks, if he looks down and the ball has not been snapped, he calls a penalty. But it hung on zero for at least, you know, I thought it hung on zero for a second. That was my argument. Now, to them, that's what they said was he looked up, said zero, he looked down, the ball was snapped. I mean, zero, zero, to my, in my opinion. That's an interesting explanation. Sid? Two questions. How about the noise? The crowd made it impossible, I would think, for them to audible. And how did you wind up with such outstanding wide receivers? Nobody has Minnesota has never had as many many good wide receivers. Well, first of all, the crowd was the, it's the best college environment I've ever been in uh, as a head football coach, player or coach, uh, because it was authentic, it was real, it was genuine. You felt the whole state of Minnesota behind you. It wasn't just a football stadium; that was a state that was behind you, and you felt it from the kickoff to the end of the game. Um, our student section was packed, and that's what we can be. You know, we always talk about what we can be. That's what it can be, it could be, and should be every single week. And that's what we're working on providing and working on being able to have. Uh, so I can't thank our, our, our fans enough. We were talking about the football aspect of it with the wide receivers. Matt Simon does a great job at developing wideouts. Uh, you know, he's developed a first-round pick, a top-five pick overall. We've got a lot of high draft picks on this team. But it's all about recruiting to your system. What kind of receivers do you need? Showing them their future of what they can do when they're here. And guys like Rashad Bateman buying into that and believing that. And same thing with Chris Altman-Bell. BJ, you and your coaching staff don't get enough credit. What a fantastic job you guys have done to do the right thing at the right time. And how lucky Minnesota is to have you to have long-term contact. And for being on the show, we'll get you a certificate to the best steakhouse in town. You deserve a lot more. What a lucky break Coyle was when he got you to stay over as coach. Congratulations to you. Well, I appreciate it, Sid. Thanks a lot. And row the boat, Scotty Mago Gophers. Now we're back to zero and zero. And. <laughs> Got to find a way to be one and one against Iowa. Thanks, guys. Very good. That's uh, PJ Fleck back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, David, Mike. All right, we are back. There's another football team in town, in case anybody doesn't realize it. It's the Vikings. They've got a huge game tonight against Dallas. And uh, let's catch up with what Mike Zimmer had to say on the eve of the game. This game of football is crazy. You never know. Go from one week to the next week. Yeah, um, you know, that's why that ball is not round. It bounces funny different ways. But, 
you know, every team in this league is good, and, uh, you know, every team has a chance to beat every other team, uh, just how you pl play on that particular day. You played so great for four games, and then here comes Kansas City. How do you figure that out? Uh, well, Kansas City's pretty good, too. You know, uh, they were, I believe, 5-3 and three when we played them. So, um, you know, but, but we're, we're more worried about Dallas now. There were so many key plays in that game, right? Yeah, there's a lot of key plays. The, the, the long run, uh, you know, we sacked him twice at the end of the ball game, had the ball on the ground and didn't get it. Uh, you know, so there was there was a lot of lot of three or four plays that changed the game, just like typically every game. Talk about Dallas. How good are they? They're good. Um, very good offensively, number one in the league. Good offensive line, good receivers. Quarterbacks playing very, very well. Excellent running back. Uh, defensively, very active up front on the defensive line. Uh, good corners. Linebackers are very fast and active. Like you said, they can throw the ball pretty good too, right? Yeah, they're throwing the ball really good. Uh, you know, they've, uh, you know, I think Prescott's playing really well and they've got good receivers. Uh, Witten's helped them a lot at tight end. Um, Cooper, obviously, and uh, Michael Gell. Michael Gallup has done a nice job as well. Uh, and then they've got Cobb and, and Austin, so they've got a lot of weapons. Is their defensive line one of their strengths? Yeah, they're, uh, they're very active. They rush the quarterback very well. Um, they get up the field and go run a lot of games and twists uh, on third down. <clears throat> They'll play us a lot of man-to-man -man on third down, so uh, we're going to have to be able to beat some uh, third down coverage. How about Thielen? You know if he'll play or not? I don't know yet. Uh, we'll we'll get a better idea tomorrow. How much you miss him? Well, you always miss good players, but everybody has guys that are hurt. Um, you know, we've got some guys that will step up and play. Finally, what's the key, key to winning the game? Well, the biggest thing is, you know, they're very good on third downs on both sides of the ball. We're going to have to be really good on third downs. We're going to have to sustain drives. And uh, we got to score touchdowns in the red zone uh, and try to keep them out of it. Can't give up big plays like we did last week at Kansas City. And uh, we got to try to frustrate the quarterback. Thank you. Uh, thank you. You're a gentleman scholar. <laughs> All right, Sid, your prediction on today, uh, tonight's Viking-Cowboys game. I just can't turn the ball over. If they can have no turnouts, don't make any mistakes. Don't have a lot of penalties like they had at Kansas City in key situations. They got a chance to win. So you're saying that they're probably going to lose, but they've got a chance to win. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just want to make sure I was quoting you accurately. That's the biggest smile I've seen since Vegas in weeks. He, he realized what he just said. Dallas. Has been up and down. Yeah, they have not been a cons consistent team. If they got to catch Dallas at the right time. Yeah, and who knows if it's going to be tonight? It should be a good football game, and they haven't had that many great football games on Sunday night. I've got about ten more seconds. I just want to tell people. Uh, I don't know how many texts I had uh, with Glenn Mason yesterday, going back and forth. He is pumped. He wants to talk about the Gopher team, and he's going to be joining us at about eleven forty. Stick around, Sports Huddle. Huddle, Sid, David, Mike. 
Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.